Hello and welcome back to the UFO Thinker podcast. My name's Frank and let's get cracking. So as you'll know, if you're a regular listener of the show, I always like to try and bring in some voices who are not necessarily commonly heard on the UFO podcast circuit and get some fresh perspectives. Today's guest is is actually coming from the world of business, the world of motivational speaking, both areas that he's been very successful in. But also, he has a long-held interest in the UFO topic and some of the associated phenomena. I really enjoyed this discussion, and and if you do too, you can find all the social media links in the description to find out more about my guest and, of course, myself and the podcast. Please be advised that there is strong language use throughout, so let's get into it. Okay, so I'd like to welcome to the show today the UK's number one motivational business speaker and all-round very inspirational individual, Brad Burton. How are you doing today, mate? Yeah, as always, Frank. Great to be on the show. Yeah, absolute pleasure to to have you on to have a chat. Mm-hmm. So, so first of all, very nice to speak to somebody that's from vaguely my neck of the woods. I'm often <laughs> speaking to people from uh, America, all, yeah, yeah. all over the world, and whatnot. So nice to speak to somebody relatively local. And uh, you've had uh, a pretty extraordinary life that's taken you on some twists and turns to end up where you are today. So before we get into talking about UFOs specifically, it'd be great if you can, just for the listeners and yeah. for myself as well, give us a little bit of background and as much or as little detail as you like about yourself and what's led you up to this point in your life. Okay, okay. So the short version is um, born 1973. I'm 49 year old. And um, my, my dad left when I was six months. Well, he actually got thrown out but when I was six months old, uh, justified by my mum. And my mum brought me up as a single parent and uh, left school with no qualifications, uh, messed about with daft jobs, got a job in Butlins, cleaning chalets, got a job um, uh, working at a, a computer shop in Yarndale in, in Manchester uh, as a shop assistant. Then I managed to blag my way into a games journalist job, working, writing for magazines, ended up on Games Master TV programme uh, 20 odd times, and, uh, and then I got shot at in 1995 uh, and moved away from Manchester and, um, and started a fresh life over in Somerset. Uh, met me, got a job again in a shop. I've done four years on benefits, been addicted to drugs twice. You've got to work really hard to get addicted twice. And um, bottom line is, uh, met my wife and uh, famously told me that my employees to shove his job up his ass on December the 16th, 2004. Started my own business off, and that business ultimately kind of transformed into um, a business networking organization. So I've run since 2006 uh, 68,000 real life events up and down the land, and then pandemic came along and kind of ruined my business. It was like 1.8 million quid on March the 20th, 2020. And then uh, zero pounds, March the 21st, 2020. So I had to really kind of, dare I say, pivot and change. Took me organization online. And August the 1st this year, I called it a day and uh, sold all my networking interest. And my focus now is motivational speaking, which I've been doing for the last 10 years. And I've written four books, of course. So yeah, interesting, you know, life. And it just shows you that... um, your biggest chance of success is your brain. Your biggest chance of failure is your brain. You know, I'm, I'm just a bum with no qualifications that somewhere along the way turned his life around and I turned my life around by turning my, my, my thought processes around. And I've been interested in UFOs since 1980, I'd say it was, when I was seven. Uh, 1981, I reckon it was, actually. Uh, and and um, I, the school library had this book, and I do recommend this, by the way. It's 799, it is, by Usborne. Oh, dogs all barking. Ruff, 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 ruff. Let me turn that on. One second. <laughs> Boom. Right, I now put up a stealth mode that you won't be able to hear them. It's clever. It's noise cancelling. Anyway, UFO book uh, by Osborne, seven ninety nine, and this captivated me. It was the one that I kept borrowing from the thing and reading all about these UFOs, which were obviously from the planet Zelta Ritzai. Um, interestingly, this book, I urge every single person who's interested in the field to go and buy this book because fascinating looking now, knowing what we know now, and looking at what we've got there, this was bang on the money, although there was a few key things that they missed. But yeah, so I've been interested in the scene um, for 40 years. And um, it's, along with my, my passion, which is uh, computer games, I'm still a throwback from my Lego days. I've got my Lego here, my star. So 
a space explorer, big Lego man as well. Bit of a geek. Look at that. All accounts. I know, I know, proper. And uh, but yeah, I'm a big Lego. Uh, sorry, big UFO uh, enthusiast. And what I do is I go on Reddit. And I only do it during the weekends because otherwise your entire brain, remember what I said, chance of success and failure, your brain just gets out of wash. And your, our puny human brains won't allow you to kind of process this kind of, the, the vastness of this, whatever this is. Um, so, yeah, I kind of limit myself. Although UFO Twitter, which is where we found ourselves, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, that's a seven-day week got caper, to be honest. <laughs> yeah absolutely and um yeah it, it's really uh important i think sometimes to have that ability to be able to step away from the topic it's i mean it's a very heavy subject isn't it really oh, with ufos you know, it's the very mm. it impacts the very nature of reality sometimes it is good to have that balance it's a really good point you make there frank you know there's been a couple of times when i've gone down the rabbit hole and yeah dark darkness and actually you start going dark and foreboding and what's the point and we're all getting you know dark stuff and this is what i don't think people understand you know i'm a motivational speaker there's two versions of ourselves there's a good version and there's a not so good version some days you wake up and you're full of energy and enthusiasm some days you're not and you're depressed and so forth this is pretty much uh what the whole scene's about as well really because it's like waves of good stuff waves of not so good stuff so it's really quite important that you do keep your mental health intact throughout all this and you don't go down a, a rabbit hole during the pandemic i went down it twice and i realized that i was causing myself problems you know i mean the pandemic itself was foreboding and difficult but then you start going hang on maybe that what they've done is took over joe biden and joe biden's in a you know and it's like ever so you've really got you know and this is the other thing about it people are I'll say Joe Biden for, for the sake of his conversation. You go, Haha, what a load of rubbish. You know, you're talking about stuff doing 80,000 miles, uh, you know, uh, descending from 80,000 foot to, to zero within two or three seconds. I don't think anything's off the table here. And that's the thing that is really quite dark about this. Because if you accept that, then you've got to accept that everything, you know, that's unbelievable for, for our physics. An interesting kind of metaphor that I've got Um which is this, is kind of how I explained to someone. I said, does, an, uh, does a flea on a dog realise it's a flea on a dog? Does it, does, you know, because a flea on a dog, those hairs will be like trees. And the same goes for everything. An ant in my, my garden, you know, those blades of grass are like trees. And I was playing the game Grounded, I said about computer games. I played the game, game Grounded and you're a minuscule, you know, honey, I struck the kids. And I just thought, wow, the sun was coming through these blades of grass. And I thought, you know, we've got no idea. So everything thinks it's at the top of the tree, everything. And, I, and yet, you know, an ant, uh, sorry, flea thinks it's at the top of the tree. The dog thinks it's at the top. Weird times. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. It's all, all dependent on your perspective of, of where you're actually viewing the situation from. Like you say, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a, a flea on a dog looks at the reality that we're in, but just from a very different perspective, don't they? So it's it's tough to, well, yeah. Well, to... But so, so and I'll tell you the other thing as well. This is a really interesting one. Um, in that if you imagine an ant uh, seeing a helicopter and explaining, you're not going to believe this, there was this massive thing that was like, and you go, oh, yeah, all right. And it made a load of noise. And you go, the ants would go, yeah, what a load of rubbish. And actually, it's impossible. Come on, it's impossible for a helicopter, for an ant to try to do it. But for a human, it's not. So when we start looking at this, and this is where you start putting in perspective, you know, uh, so th this talk about the, 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 the moon being a moon base. <laughs> what a hollow, and it's moon. <laughs> what a load of shit. And this is the thing, I don't think you can write anything off. I don't think you can write anything off. And that's where it starts getting a little bit heavy, and you've got to keep yourself grounded. Absolutely, mate. I think, you know, somebody I talk about a lot on the podcast uh, is uh, probably a bit too much, to be fair, is uh, Dr. Gary Nolan. And I think he's, you know, literally, literally one of the, the world's leading scientists, literally a guy, you know, Nobel Prize nominee, guy who's trying I to actually cure cancer for a living. That's his job, you know, real world hero. And the way that he approaches the topic is... To, to he's willing to go into even the most out there sounding ideas and when you think that you know somebody of that caliber that 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 kind of scientific um you know rigor the way he approaches things he's even willing to go into those things but the important thing is to then apply that scientific process to them isn't it and like you say not get too caught up and go too far down any one rabbit hole you know frank i think this is the bit where I literally got loads of retweets for this and shares, <clears throat> which is this subject, I've been in it for 40 years, 
trying to explain it in a pub to someone in two minutes without sounding like you deserve or you need to be sectioned in a mental health institution mm. is impossible, right? No matter if you're my, – my wife just goes – because the only way, you, it's like levels. You've got to go up these levels in order to understand where I'm at now after 40 years of research, 40 years. And let me be quite clear. In the last three years, my entire worldview has changed about this, completely changed beyond, you know, recognition. I've seen in the last, uh, I reckon I've seen probably five or six UFOs in my time years ago when this was 1996. I'm watching telly and there's a window behind the telly. And it was nighttime, and I saw a white light shoof, straight across, perfectly straight in the distance, like miles away. That second, that was it. So I didn't think anything of it. You don't, you, you can't, you've got nothing to process. Uh, 2013, I saw a, um, uh, I thought it was a black triangle, and I actually put it on UFO, Somerset UFO, Somerset UFO hashtag, Somerset UFO on, on, on Instagram. I actually went back the road that I, walked, that I drove down the day before and took a picture. I thought it was a black triangle. I saw it for probably eight seconds. And I was driving, I was on the phone to a mate of mine talking at the time. I went, what the fuck is that? And this black triangle, and then it, I can't remember, but it, it banked. Now I look back at it, sorry, now two years, three, sorry, 2013, God, nine years on. I look yeah. at that and go, I look at that and go, I reckon that was three three orbs in unison. I don't think, but I saw it as a black triangle, but I think it was three orbs. And then in the last uh, year, I've saw, uh, really weird, gone out. And the entire sky is lit up for like a 0 0.2 of a second. Choo, gone. Right? That's happened twice. I've seen, so it might be six times, an orb just appear and then fade away. I've seen that twice. And then we was over in America um, uh, eight weeks ago. And we went out, you know, you know, nighttime there. We had this amazing place and it was overlooking the sea. And, and we went there. And me, me, me and my boy said, oh, let's go stargazing the next day because it's just beautiful. So we went there because we wake up at four o'clock. We went there and I'm looking at this thing and it's it's wobbling. That's the best way to describe it. It's a the thing wobbling. I didn't say anything. And my boy says, can you see that there? It's wobbling. And my wife was there. Oh, it's just a plane. And then it just faded away. You know, so something's going on. And I actually think that, I think that we are, you know, if you think about the, the medieval age, the bronze age, the iron age, and the digital age, and that's the other thing to understand this. You think about, you know, we, 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 we kind of move in, uh, emotional uh, age <laughs> or emotional world is an emotional world is a physical world that we've got to tend to it's probably a spiritual world then you've put on a digital world all these worlds that we're now having to uh, input into digital world didn't exist 25 years ago yet you spend a lot of your time in a digital world I think we're heading towards this this kind of new age of, of UFO age where, where it was dismissed and for so long and when you've got Gary P Nolan uh, sensible operator, Stanford uh, head scientist, and, and and you've got people like me who are uh, balanced and, and normal, seeing and, and talking about these things. We're getting to that point where this is becoming a, a thing where people can talk about it. But what I will say, and we don't know the reality of what's going on here, I wouldn't want to be the governments. I would be not disclosing ever. From a management perspective, I've run teams of thousands. I would not be disclosing either. Because if you've not got anything to say, or you've got no defence, that's the first question that people are going to, you know, you go on there and say, guess what, aliens exist. If you're Joe Biden, the first question you're going to ask is, you know, what's our defence against them if they decide to? Ah, well, they're not going to. You know that. So, you know, so so actually, I wouldn't be disclosing either. I wouldn't. And I think, you know, as somebody who's a UFO fan, I want to know the answers. I would not be disclosing from a manager perspective. Not a fucking chance. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting actually. Uh, Christopher Mellon uh, was was in a very recent interview, and he was actually saying. I mean, he, just to, to be clear, he did say that it was kind of secondhand information that he'd heard, uh, but he'd said that on his time during his previous roles working for the the government and whatnot, um, he'd actually heard that there was a, a meeting that took place with with one president, one U.S. president, where they actually kind of dis were deciding whether or not to disclose what is known to the public. And uh, they, they drew up a big list of pros and cons, and you know, supposedly, uh, as, as the story goes, they decided not to disclose it. And and I think it's, uh, yeah, when you, when you think about like if it was really really simple and there was just like a nuts and bolts craft coming here with little green men in, you know, the sort of the old classics stigmatized yeah. version of what it is. That's not too difficult to explain, but actually, with all the complexities, it's pretty hard to figure out a way to break that. Dear Frank. I quite like my uh, UFOs being 1950s UFOs. Fucking brilliant, right? Ray guns and all that. Lovely. 
this one is, you know, if you think about, well, what's their intent? What's your intent as a human being? What? What's your intent as a human being? Because we've all got different intents. So why on earth do we think that it's binary and it's just one? Right? That's the other thing about this. So so every my dog has a different intent to the dog around the corner. But yet we want these to have one mission. It's all collective and all come on. So this is the other thing to understand this. You know, it was interesting. December this year, I stopped um I stopped what you call it, I stopped watching the news. I made the decision to stop watching the news. I've not watched the news for uh, ten months now, ten months. And um my worldview is is much better. My worldview is much better and it's much cleaner. And I think there's a real danger throughout all this that, you know, you can go down in a really dark place if you start getting into it. And I, I, the fact that, you know, as a UFO buff, I suggest that I wouldn't release it. Even, you know, unless they're coming here with cures for cancer and this, that and the other and, and free energy and everything's amazing. But even then, you know, how long would it be if there was humanoids before somebody shot one or decided to kill it and, and you know, you've got your... Yeah, mess. <laughs> yeah, and like you say, I think I think you're right. You know, you were saying earlier as well, just to, to go back to that, you were saying it's a bit of a, a new digital world out there. And as humans, we're sort of not particularly um, capable of processing the floods of information that are available out there on the internet. And like with, particularly with the UFO topic, it's, it's a very broad topic actually when when you start looking into it you know like i got into this like four or five years ago now you, you start figuring out that there's topics within topics within topics and you know there's obviously the the strictly nuts and bolts aspects the you know looking at reports of like military sightings and whatnot then there's abduction experiences certain links to paranormal experiences like the hitchhiker effect cattle yep. mutilation links to religion ancient civilizations we know what like, I, I look at this and, and even crop circles, I kind of never really dig them. I thought, oh, bullshit, but actually, potentially, that might well be a thing because, you know, ah, it's just a, the lads having a laugh. <sighs> you know, yeah, I, I, is it? I mean, really, you're spending, what, 12 hours doing something? Uh, you know, that's perfect. I, I, nobody knows. And that's the thing. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And the other thing to consider throughout all this, is that it might be hundreds of things going on. It might be hundreds of inbound things coming on. Hundreds. Not one, because we're thinking binary is one. There might be hundreds, and there might be wheels within wheels. You know, once somebody described it, you go, um, you go and get a, a teaspoon of water, and there's, you know, there's nothing in there. Oh, there must be no fish in the water. And I think that it's, we don't know. And I think, let, let me ask you this, Frank. Um, explain to me what's going on in one minute. Yeah, it's pretty tricky to do, isn't it? <laughs> but, Try not sound mental. Go. Well, I mean, I would summarise it as there's something that's been interacting with humans, you know, for basically throughout human history, unexplained experiences. Why is there no evidence of this? Well, because it's pretty difficult to capture any evidence of it. <laughs> and um, I, I would say that, you know, if I if I had to summarise it as, as, as concisely as possible, it is impossible to do, as you say, within a minute. But um, I think, you know, th what I would say is that we're now reaching a point as humans where we're starting to accept that there's a genuine mystery there and that we should be using any and all capabilities we have to look into this because it's one of the most fundamental questions we can ask as humans. But if I so, was to try and prove that to somebody in a minute, impossible, I agree right. with you. And, and, and so, so, so there's a couple of things here. A couple of things is that um, technically um, people say, well, why is there no photographs? In the same way nobody's ever put a, a rainbow in a bucket, right? You mm. know, I think the technology is catching up right now, and I wouldn't be surprised you know, if they are doing 80,000 miles an hour or whatever the movement is, and that sounds like, oh, unbelievable, in the same way a helicopter doing 150 miles an hour to an ant would sound impossible, mm. okay? So so this is the thing is that um, I think that real terms, the technology is catching up. I wouldn't be surprised is if you could put your camera up in the air and just leave it on filming and you used to view it through slow motion if these things ain't whizzing on the set all day long. And actually everywhere, I wouldn't, it wouldn't genuinely, it wouldn't surprise me if there's right now thousands of them whizzing around the world right now in the same way a helicopter moves and an ant would say it's moving impossibly fast. I wouldn't, it wouldn't, and I wonder whether our technology is now getting to the point where you can't hide it from a governmental perspective. But then we start getting into the world that seems to have been reset a few times as well. 
So then you think, okay, is it, are we reaching that tipping point now where the world gets reset? And because bear in mind, the, the only history that we've got is 3,000 years back before that. We've got no fucking idea. So, so you know, the world's been going for billions of years. 3,000 years back, we look what we've, we've done in my lifetime, gone from, you know, 1973 to where we are now. Digitally, the more power by a thousand times than the, the, what they said to think that it's in my hand iPhone 14, by the way, don't like bragging. But, you know, (laughs) there's two types of people in this world. Those are iPhone 14s and liars. Um, The point I'm making here, I've been hilarious. The point I'm making is that I think the technology is now getting to that point where, because of the GPS systems and stuff, that actually there's going to be a tipping point at some point. And actually, this is the point, which is at some point, mum and dad needs to turn around to their daughter or their child and say, Father Christmas isn't real, Okay. And actually, what you do, you never, you never have that conversation. What you do is allow them to find out themselves. And I suggest that that is what the governments are, are doing because there's no advantage, no advantage. I cannot see one plausible advantage to telling people what the fuck's going on if you don't have a 100%. And actually, if you say, it'd be terrifying. Guess what? There's invisible entities that are moving on a spectrum, which is outside our visible field, and... Fucking come on. You know, you look at the, the, we can't even deal with the world that we've got at the moment. And then talk about a digital world. You look at the, the rows that go on on digital world, bear in mind, a world that didn't exist 25 years ago. So, so then you start throwing this in there. It's weird. I mean, like I say, what's, 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 you know, I'm not some fucking lunatic and, and nor are you, nor are, and this is the thing. Normal people are waking up to this thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you touched on something there as well with some of the. That's another area that you can end up going into one of those topics within a topic, which is the the ancient civilization stuff as well. That's something that that I am mm-hmm. particularly fascinated with. Um, I've been following like Graham Hancock and, and Randall Carlson well, for a long time. Oh, he's, not Actually, a, he's not as thick as he looks. This is the other thing: the power plant, <laughs> with, 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 with the pyramids, the power plant, the technology, the potential there that that was there before the Egyptians turned up. Fuck me. Yeah, that's it. I mean, and I, I tend to think with with that. I mean, the that that's one of those like say topic within a topic. There's a whole rabbit hole you can go down, which which may or may not be linked to anything to do with UFOs. But I, I tend to think that it's probably not as simple as just the aliens built the pyramids. You know, the classic thing. As with all this sort of stuff, it's probably a bit more nuanced than that. But perhaps there was some element of physics that you know an ancient civilization on this planet might have tapped into that allowed them to create some of these things which we see in ancient Egypt, which are you know unexplained and you know maybe whatever we're witnessing with ufos with non-human technology maybe they're using similar kind of aspects of physics you know, or something like that I, um, I got a guy that teaches me about metaphysics and i i'm gonna share something that i've never shared in a podcast before so i had uh, an awakening uh december christmas eve this year uh, last year, I, I went to sleep at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I could hear, I fell asleep, and then the sun was coming through my through the the, 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 the blinds. It was flashing in my eyes, right? And I could hear downstairs on the radio, my mum pottering about, hallelujah, right? right. Anyway, I then hear the voice that says, Brad, you have to know. I started coming out of my body. I'm like, what the fuck? I came back in my body, and I started coming back out of my body again. I felt I was dying. Right? It felt like if this is what death's like, it felt like that. And I went, I can't leave my family mentally. And it said, you have to let go, Brad. What the fuck? So anyway, went out of my body. I've jumped back in it again. It said, you have to let go. I went, fuck it. If this is death, I've got to go with it. Two hours of astral planing. I woke up. This had just gone, gone. I sat at the end of my bed and it was golden, bathed in fucking gold. Like, and I was terrified. It was the matrix fell away. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm holding it together as best I can. The best way to describe it is there was things coming off. And if somebody said, oh, you're having a paranoid schizophrenic episode, you'd think you're having a paranoid schizophrenic episode, right? And I went downstairs to the wife. I says, this is going to sound a bit fucking wacky. I think I've seen the light, whatever the fuck that means. And she's like, oh, here we go. Anyway, I had fucking three days of absolute fucking terror mentally. It was just so overwhelming. And I went to see a mate of mine who's... Effectively, a spiritual fucking guy is into all that. And he leveled me and he kind of gave me some stares about it and he explained to me about metaphysics that actually, you know, that space between this camera is actually shit popping off there. 
we're going 200,000 miles a second at the moment or whatever it is for the fucking cosmos. So that space is no longer that space. It's gone. And he, and he, he allowed me to kind of comprehend in a strange fucking way. Now, the reason I shared in that <clears throat> is because I then started doing research. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer. I started doing research and thinking, was that a schizophrenic episode, <laughs> right? Or was it, you know, something else? <clears throat> and I found a document, and you can probably find it now because I found it, which was a 28-page document from the Royal College of Psychology that said something about, we think we misdiagnose um, spiritual awakenings with, with, with fucking uh, schizophrenia. And I wonder whether this is all fucking connected and whether the thought processes of me thinking is allowed or not. I don't know. I've got no fucking idea. I can't, you know, I've got no idea. But I do wonder whether or not, if you think I spend 14 hours a day on my phone, right? Before I spent 14 hours a day on my phone, you go back 100 years, people used to spend time in things and Victorian mediums and shit like that. You go, what all this shit? Unless, of course, the energy that they're putting into the digital world, sorry, we're putting into the digital world, they put it into the spiritual. I don't know. But something's going fucking on, right? Something's going on. I've not had anything like that since, by the way. But what I've done is I've got into um, to meditation now. And that's really allowed me to find myself and to, to balance myself in ways that I'd never experienced. And this is the thing. We started on UFOs. And now we're talking about metaphysics and spirituality. What the fuck's going on? It's just weird. It's all fucking vast. Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, there's a lot to... Um, thanks for sharing that, by the way. Very mm. interesting uh, account. Mm. Funnily enough, Gary Nolan actually talks about having a few of those similar episodes where Is he's really? woke up. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think he says that he's generally at three o'clock in the morning, a specific time, he's woken up and he's had some very unusual experiences and things like that. Oh, 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 <laughs> Interesting. Right, in the, there was a book that I had, and I had it for six months called The Power of Now by Eki Toll. I don't know if you've ever Eckhart Toll, some spiritual fucking leader, fucking 20 million. I had it for six months here. That happened. I came here and I read the book and it, and it kind of helped me understand that and, and, and what have you. When you say that, in the book, it talks about the pain body in this book, page 29 to 31. And the reason I know that is a 200-page book. And I thought, fucking hell, that's so strong to put that up front and center. But what it talks about is that he says these entities, right, that will come and try and gulf you in the middle of the night. And actually, if you step back, you will, you will be able to see them. It says, watch the watcher or something like that. I could feel literally fucking... Um, almost uh, sweat coming off my back and this, I swear. And this is what I'm trying to say. I've got no idea about this. I've got, you know, I'm telling you, I'm sharing you what happened. Twice it happened in like that first 30 fucking days or whatever after that event. I could, and if I'd not read the book, I would have not, I might have been terrified or I might not even acknowledge it and just thought I'm sweating up, I've got a flu. But with this fucking thing, it's just weird. So this is the craziness of this to try factor in what I've just shared. Um, normal people wouldn't do that. They wouldn't share it. So consequently, what happens is you've got these silos of people that are unprepared to have that conversation because you sound like a fucking lunatic. So consequently, people will... And, and I don't... You know, you look at UFO Twitter, it is full of fucking people from all walks of life, right? And I think it's a, it's a, it's a really difficult subject to try and get clarity on because everyone's view of it is different. Like, say, you'd have got me before that happened my worldview of it would have been different completely compared to where it is now. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And like you say, I think there's a lot of different explanations that you can that you can go into as well. Like that that taps into that thing of like what is actually being witnessed. It's quite clear. Me and you both think there's definitely something to this. There's a real mystery out there, and it links into a lot of other aspects of of our reality as well. And it's quite clear as humans we don't understand that. So, what are your thoughts about? you know, UFOs and things, where do they actually originate from? Are we talking so, extraterrestrial, yeah. interdimensional, possible future human, yeah. crypto-terrestrial? Maybe they exist right here alongside us on this planet, but just yeah. outside of what our senses perceive. That's one that's always you intrigued know what, Frank, me. All of the above. I think all <laughs> of the above, and that's the crazy thing about it. I read um, identi Identified Flying Objects by... Uh, Dr. Michael Masters, P. Masters, the guy down the future. And my God, that's a guy who is a sensible, sensible fucking high level PhD operator and understands whatever. Fuck me. And I 
sent that book to a, a very influential and, and sensible business person that I know. No more names beyond that. And because he's dismissive. And he read that book, he went, well, fuck me. Whoa. <laughs> so so you start doing that, and then you start thinking, oh, okay, over the coast of California, there's things being seen and they've been seen for fucking 100 years. You go, okay, well, is that there? And then there's also things coming from... Mate, this is what I'm trying to fucking say. You try and pick, pick this. So the, the, you know what? I've just shared that spiritual awakening shit, right? And I start picking that, and then you start fucking putting potential time travelers from fucking PhD. Then you put in fucking invisible entities, and fucking then you put in... Fuck me. How the fucking hell? Do you, you imagine doing a press conference... Hi guys, so we've got these fucking five letters fucking inbound that you can't fucking see. They're all moving at 80,000 miles an hour. The moon's a fucking base that has been fucking where they've been fucking, they've got effectively a, a like a, a satellite dish there and they're just hoovering up all the emotions off everyone. Sorry. Yeah, 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 all your emotions. What they're doing is using it. What a load of shit. Okay. And actually, you know, and this is the thing, you, you go into some uh, fucking uh, faux de gras place you'll find the geese with his fucking neck up being fed fucking food pellets so we can have this thing you go to find a whale uh, on the beach whale sick sick it's worth millions of fucking pounds forty thousand dollars per kilo so you, we've got no idea shit that we just think is normal is actually double valuable elsewhere we've got no idea we've got no and i'll tell you the other thing as well you know you think about us as society you go back a thousand years our society would be completely different you go back 50 years 10 years you go back forward 20 years. So not only are you dealing with an alien race, potential alien race, you're also dealing with a different alien race at a different culture, a different time. Nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows. And this is the fucking thing. So we're thinking linear because we, we want to think linear because it's easy to package and process. But it ain't fucking anything but linear. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, a key thing about why we have to keep all the options on the table because if we're dealing with... Um, you know, again, you look at the images coming back from the James Webb telescope, you see the vastness of the universe. We're just a tiny little pinprick in that. And we're dealing with like a, a, a potential for another intelligence to have evolved and, and, you know, been at our stage of development, maybe a million years ago, right, we wouldn't right. be able to make any sense of what they would be doing. It literally would be, you know, completely this just like magic to us, wouldn't it? And and all of those various hypotheses as well. I think that's what a lot of people um, don't understand is that the all of these things like interdimensional, like you said, time travelers with Michael P. Masters, there are there are PhD top level academics who are taking all of those very seriously, writing books and scientific papers about them. Oh, we're well, just grifters trying to make money. Oh, shut the fuck up! Like seriously, this is the other thing as well about the game. People need to earn money because last time I checked, mortgages need to be fucking paid. So if you're a speaker on the circuit and you're getting paid, that's okay. I think we need to kind of separate this and understand that, you know, there is a business element to it for sort of those people that want to do it. There's got to be because last time I checked, in order to get to a flight to go and speak at a conference, it costs money to get there. And in order to then you're away from your work. And I think, I think we need to kind of grow up with that because the default position is somebody's drifting if they're making money. And I don't think that's fair at all. I really don't. Yeah, absolutely. There's no um, no harm in people earning a few quid if they're putting in hard work, is there, at the end of the day? And obviously, that's yeah. kind of an area you're very familiar with, being a, a sort of a business expert and that kind of thing. Nothing mm. wrong with making money for providing a, a good service. And I think the other thing is, uh, I saw a lot of uh, criticism of Christopher Mellon for speaking at a conference recently as well, people mm. talking about how he's a grifter trying to make money off this conference or what have you. This is a guy who's got a net worth of approximately $100 million. Was it? I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's too worried about a couple of grand for a conference, you know. That's the other thing about this. This is the other thing to understand. You know, you do the math. That I go to pro wrestling, uh, like independent pro wrestling scenes over in Somerset. And, you know, there might be 100 people in the audience and they've all paid 12 quid. That's 1,200 quid. Plus, they've got to hire the venue. Then they've got to pay for the security. Then all the stuff. Then, all the, listen, no one's getting rich out of this. So, Mellon, going to a conference where there's 150 people, they've all paid 50 pounds. Honestly, I promise you, no one's getting rich out of it. And I think that that's, we've got, we've got to get more grown up about that. I mean, you know, I'm not sure about Gray, because I've seen the, the video footage where there's clear... Um, you know, audio of him saying, hey, guess what? They're going to drop their flares. And it's like, yeah, right, Steve. You know, I think that, and that was, you know, that, that. Did you see the video of that? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> questionable. I mean, you know, well, it's not questionable. I'll put it this way. I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of a, of a prosecution with that evidence, put it that way. So, you know, and I actually rated that kid back in 96, 97, very much so. 
Yeah, I think to be fair to Greer, he's, he did a lot of good work back in the day, but I think it's quite kind of commonly accepted that he, he went down a bit of a different path at one point and started to put, you know, the, the, the perhaps the profits ahead of, of the transparency mm. and whatnot. Um, but as I say, yeah, like you say, back in the 90s, he, he was doing a lot of good work, but perhaps mm. took a bit of a different a bit different turn as, right. as things but went once along. Again, he, he might have been taken over. And you, uh, listen, you know, nobody fucking knows. And I'll tell you the other thing about this one is then you start getting into David Icke stuff, et cetera. And, you know, once again, it's quite difficult to, to write off. If, if you accept that there's these fucking things doing 80,000 miles a second or whatever it is, or 80, you know, 14,000 miles an hour, then I think you've got to accept anything. And also, let's be quite clear here is that you know, we are in the process right now of, of, of putting, I was talking to someone the other day, uh, of putting a, um, you know, robot stuff technology on, on, on cockroaches. They, they, I was at a zoo. I was talking to the zookeeper. I said, oh, could a cockroach put one in my hands? I said, yeah, yeah. They, at the moment, they're in the process of, of, of effectively robotizing these these things so they can go into uh, collapsed buildings and stuff and they can go and explore. Now, you go fast forward the technology 500 years, 5,000 years, 50,000 years, and all of a sudden, you know, and the five hundred thousand years, you know, no, nothing is 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 nothing inconceivable anymore. And this is, I think, the danger that you've got is that I played the game Civilization, big computer game, and I always remember playing it. I wrote about it in one of my books in nineteen ninety seven. I was playing it, and I was kicking ass. I had a equivalent of a dreadnought, which is like a big fucking boat with a fucking gun on it, and I was going round. And as initially, and this is the other thing about that game. Initially, do you know the game Civilization? Do you know it? I, I do, yeah. Quite a big fan of it, actually, and uh, those kind of games. Amazing game. So, so I was playing Civilization, started going from muskets to spears and muskets and so forth. Ended up with this dreadnought, and I started off with the best benign intent of being the guy to help everyone. And then all of a sudden, somebody starts fucking pushing you, and you go, fuck you, and that's it. And I started doing that to, 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 to a, a, a continent. Started pushing through my dreadnoughts and my, my tanks, and it was all fucking fun and games, and I was just smashing them up and thinking, this is fucking great. And then all of a sudden, I moved onto a tile, and then a stealth bomber turned up, and that was it. The stealth bomber wiped out everything, and it was game over. One fucking... I, I always remember, I wrote about it in a book, I had it, I saw Supreme Confidence, ah, this is all controlled, and then this stealth bomber came along with technology that I didn't know existed outside of my continent, and that was it. The game, literally, it changed instantly from this overconfidence to, oh, shit, and it was just, yeah, I had to then sell everything to weaponize, yeah. I always remember, and that was the end of the game. So I, I was doing beautifully, and I think that this is where we are now as human beings. We're in danger zone right now. We're in real fucking danger zone of being overconfident. You know, I'm a motivational speaker. I'm supposed to be confident, but overconfidence, that's the, that turns into arrogance, and that's where it's dangerous. Yeah, it, you know, it's... It's funny that you mention um, Age of Empires, those kind of games. Always been a big fan. Um, there's actually a game called Total Annihilation that I used yeah, to play yeah, back yeah. in the day. Absolutely massive fan of that. And that's a similar thing. If you come across like you know overwhelming, you know better firepower than your opponent, it, it's a it's a different interaction, isn't it? So if you're both kind of equally matched, right, essentially, right. If that's what we're going to be looking at. Uh, you know, as an interaction with with a non-human intelligence, if we do come face to face with them, it's not going to be a level playing field, is it? No. You know, you and know, I think it, what's what's interesting is you know you're looking at us now that we are as of today on the first of November for the report that was due yesterday. Um, once again, I think if I was them, I would be treading water to the. You've got a four year deadline where they've got reports to do it. Just keep fucking treading water. There's no advantage to telling your kids that Father Christmas doesn't exist. There's none. There's fucking none. And actually, you know, I, I think when, when you hear about, and I've heard for many years, you know, about, um, I can't remember his name, it was Jimmy Carter, you know, weeping for days when he heard, what is it that is so fucking dark that, that, that actually a president weeps? Now let's just work on the hypothesis that that's legit. What could that possibly be? Because everyone's speculating. Now, you know what happened to me on 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 um, Christmas? I, for the first time in my life, have no fear about dying. It's weird. It's weird. And my 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 friend who's a spiritual kid, he said, "Look, there was something years ago. Plato said you've got to die before you die." Which is a term that was in some some fucking philosopher, which is understanding and coming to terms with you know what you what you stand for. But nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows. And anyone that says they knows is fucking lying. And I don't even believe. And this is the thing about it. I think it's compartmentalized. I think it's all fucking compartmentalized. I don't think there's any malice. 
I think it's compartmentalized. I mean, I've run businesses before now, and I don't know what the fuck's going on in market. I've got no idea. All I see is a poster turn up. Mm. I've no idea that they're putting fucking 160 fucking man hours a month, a week in for that. No idea. All I see is the, the output. And I think that's what's going on here. I think this is a hot potato that actually, you know, if you are privy to a portion of what's going on, and, and I would be me <laughs> urging that we don't release this, and then my people within my team would also know the severity of it. They would be it. So therefore, you do everything in your power. And anyone that you bring in, you would be sitting them down and saying, look, tell me what good fucking comes out of this. And when they can't do it either, that's when I think the op- op- obfuscation, what the word is, happens. And I don't think there's anyone cleverly going, ha, let's, let's not tell everyone. I think that when you're fucking brought into this thing, you're fucking hell. What the fuck? Your head's battered for days. And you go... We ain't releasing this. So I don't think that's what's going on here. I don't think that. So when you're seeing video footage, let's say, of a plane and then somebody videos it and puts it out there, um, all they're seeing is that little bit. So, yes, I would do the same if I had a video footage of a UFO. I'd put it out there. And actually, then I would turn around if I was the fucking one of these people that's inside an insider. I'd make certain that it got out there that it's CGI. Because I believe that that flyby is legit. I believe that flyby video is 100% legit. I really fucking do. You know, um, and people say, oh, well, why is the sound shit? Why is it? Because you're releasing it without releasing it. You're putting doubt in there. So, you know, by releasing it with shit sound and, and projectors on there or putting skinny bob through filters, you're releasing it whilst creating a level of doubt um, and deniable, you know, to be able to put a hurdle between the reality of it. So you are letting people know without letting people know. I, I, you know, I, I get it. I've kind of got to take my fucking hat off to, to, to the powers that be for doing what they're doing. And the other thing as well, and this is the thing to consider, is whether there is a tipping point where if nations... No, what happened to the Mayans? What happened to the fucking Easter Island people? They just disappeared. You know, so, so really... Do you want to be fucking? If if that if the if the reality was the truth is yeah we want disclosure, but it meant guess what we fucking wipe the farm, and we go again. Would you release it? And nobody fucking knows. And I don't think and this is when it can get fucking a bit dark. But nobody fucking knows. So consequently, it's a real danger zone of messing with something that you have no comprehension of. And actually, ignorance is bliss. And maybe just ignorance is just that bliss. Yeah, maybe we sort of just, uh, you know, better off living in that ignorance is bliss thing than accepting the reality of something really scary going on, if if that is indeed. Or, some, or a, a reset of the fucking world. You know, because they're, they're seemingly, this is the other thing I read um, somewhere, that if uh, New York was depopulated, within a thousand years, there'd be no evidence of it. Right? One thousand fucking years. So, you know, if you just go and wipe the fucking earth because it's a farm or whatever, and you, for whatever, I don't know, you go and wipe the fucking earth and you just repopulate it. It makes no difference to you, fucking uh, 3,000 years, 6,000 years, because, you know, and, and then you can start getting into, which one of my friends was talking about, was whether the fucking earth is living and breathing. And actually we're like fucking fleas on it, and we've somehow took the piss because, you know, houses are getting built in my village. It's like fucking houses upon houses upon houses where there was fucking hawks flying around previously. So we're now taking this fucking planet over as our own, as if it's our fucking planet. And maybe it wasn't. And this is what I'm saying. It's very complex. Very, very complex. Yeah. And it makes me think as well about um, when you look at these James Webb telescope images and things like that, as I touched on earlier, you know, the trillions of stars, the trillions of possible, you know, places that, that life could form. Is it actually a scarier thought to think that we actually aren't alone in that? Or is it scarier to think that we are alone in that? Because that in itself is pretty terrifying, isn't it? The thought that that massive expanse, there's just us. I think that's something that's, that's often missed, you know, with debunkers who are desperate to sort of, you know, prove that there's there's nothing out there. Well, if there is nothing out there, that's, that's pretty bloody scary anyway, isn't I, it? Um, you know, talking about debunkers, Mick West, I, um, I used to rate that kid. I used to rate that kid a couple of years ago. I felt that he was balanced and if... Um, once Mick goes over, the kind of world goes over. Um, but that's the Mick of two years ago. The Mick that we've got at the moment is just ridiculous, like genuinely, uh, just hysterical. Like, I just don't want like for something just amazing that you can somebody can switch you off. I always admired him, but now I'm just 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 nonsense. So you're really saying that a trained F-18 pilot that's been spent millions of dollars 
in order to be trained and done psychometric testing and all the instruments is what got it wrong and his co-pilot he got it wrong and their co-pilot and this is this is that, that is just honestly that's like that's like the, a kind of reverse uh ufo twitter hysteria so in answer to your question sorry i digressed um it doesn't terrify me but there's nothing out there i think i go back to this whole thing is that my wife when i start talking about ufo stuff says i'm not fucking interested shut up effectively that's a short version she's not interested you know her focus is on going to little other brands are available her focus is you know getting the kids fucking ham egg and chips or fucking fish fingers and chips beans and um so so i i think there's a i i lost a bet um three days ago i had a bet with, with that guy that i mentioned the guy that certainly identified flying uh, objects to sensible business owner i lost a hundred pounds bet i said that we would have disclosure effectively within the next um year and, it, and that time run out three days ago i've now doubled the bet and we're going again for a year i've got no idea i've got no idea which way it goes um I think it would be lovely to fucking think that there's nothing out there. I actually think it would probably be quite nice because it's certainly the, the the way the indicators right now are going, um, is, well, once again, you are what you see, you are what you hear, you are what you eat. And I've been off the news for the, for the last year, although I've been deep into UFO Twitter. It's taken a different direction right now. I don't believe that, you know, if, if free energy exists, um, that's a real danger zone because, you know, look at the way that we treat the world right now and we treat our opponents. If you could access free energy, you're in danger zone. So, it's, it's it, yeah, you, you've got some inevitability about it in the same way that you've got some inevitability about playing civilization and having the best, most benign approach to that, which is what I had. And then all of a sudden, I went from having a benign approach, somebody in, in, in impacted on my territory and about, fuck you. And I think we're in the danger zone. So it's a... Difficult time, I think, for, for humanity. Uh, globally, it's what's going on, and also metaphysically. Interestingly, the guy that I talked about before, my teacher, he says to me, and he's, he's well-read and, and highly intelligent, he said something like, uh, there's megahertz that, that the Earth operates at a certain undulation or whatever, um, oscillation. And he says there's been spikes that are like somewhere between 3% or 3 megahertz, whatever the figure is. He said there's been spikes. And nobody can attribute why that is the case. So if you think about us being energy, I'm a motivational speaker. I go into a room full of fucking miserable people, and then within an hour, they're all energized. Hey! And that's because of the energy that I give. Not only what I say, but it's also the energy. Ah! Boom. If you listen to upbeat music, ah, you don't beat. If you listen to down music, you feel sad. So we are almost like antennas for our environment and, our, our, and what we see and what we hear and what, what we think. And what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing in UFO world right now, not a pleasant place to be, I don't think. Yeah, tensions are a, a, a bit of a high point, I think, at the moment with the mm. uh, various articles that have been coming out and things like that. And I, th yeah. I think um, it, some of these articles, the, the New York Times one in particular recently, I mean, I went through and made a thread quite detailed about the, the actual inaccuracies within that article that were just completely factually incorrect, talking about certain videos that did things that they didn't yeah. actually do. And it was a really clearly quite a biased article. And it, well, you it, know what? Someone who's wet behind the ears. Right? It's somebody who doesn't understand the game. Mm. Doesn't understand it like you have for the last five years. They've not been into it. They will have that as much credence as that as they have a Kanye West piece. And I think that's the thing. We are emotionally invested in this this world. He's put as much input as he would have Kanye West being you know, taken down by Adidas. Yeah, and I, th I think um, what what that did as well with this New York Times article in particular was that it sort of laid bare a bit of the uh, the the bias of where some of the debunkers are actually coming from because you saw a lot of debunkers kind of saying, "Oh, finally, we've got a really good factual article about UFOs," and it's like, "Hang on a minute, yeah, but the facts are wrong." Like, and, and that was that was actually ended up being proven because in the end they had to change certain paragraphs within the article, which are now different to what they were originally. Oh, I, didn't so, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. There's a particular one about the FLIR, uh, the FLIR one footage where it actually talks about the FLIR doing it, certain right. things yeah. that, it, that yeah. it didn't actually do. And then in the redone version of it, they've uh, I'll send it to you on Twitter, in the redone version, they've removed the FLIR bit and they've changed the article. So obviously yeah. all these people who were initially holding it up as this great factual right. article that's right. finally finally a realistic approach yeah, to yeah, the yeah. topic and all that, well, the article wasn't that factually incorrect after all, uh, factually correct after all. Um, 
But yeah, it's it's a it's a time of a lot of tensions, I think, with this report due out, and there's a lot of articles preempting the release of the report, isn't there, as well, saying this and that, and well, just I think proof's going to be in the pudding, isn't it, really, when the actual report comes out as to as to what it contains. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, we've we talked about the possibilities of being alone, the possibilities of of other other intelligences actually, you know, being out there. I often think about how we as humans would be seen by a non-human intelligence that that came to visit us because they'd be visiting us with that outside perspective. They don't have the biases and the political allegiances, you know, that we have. Yeah. What 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 do you think they'd they'd find interesting about us what would they find horrible about us and what would they find good about us it's quite a big one that isn't it but well, <laughs> what do you reckon well, well yeah but i mean listen you think about you're thinking like a human right yeah. you're thinking like a fucking human and then i think that's the fucking bit with all this is like it's impossible to comprehend you think about a human thinking in, in medieval times compared to a human thinking now it's just so many just parameters and, 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 and slices, let alone, you know, think like a fucking whale. What would a whale think? You know, mm. nobody fucking knows. We know our, we've got our framework of what reality is in the same way that a flea has the framework about what its reality is, i.e. the dog and the, you know, it's a bit warm and this, that, and that. that's it. Outside of that, it's got no comprehension. You're going to put it in front of a fucking iPad and what the fuck's this? You're going to put it in a city, it's got no idea. So I think that, I think it just, it's just inconceivable that I can say anything sensible, you know, as a as a human being. It, it, and this is the other thing. Potentially, they are fucking other human beings. It's like what that fuck? It's just madness. But you know, as opposed to a a a a, a an alien. Um, interesting about it. You look at. Uh, I think that I, I think I think I genuinely cannot even start to consider. I can give you a daft human-based answer based on 2022 about how I think. But honestly, you know, 10,000 years in advance human to try and comprehend that be quite quaint. But we don't know. We've got no idea what they're hoovering up, if at all, anything. But I'll tell you what I would say is it would be fucking, you know, there'd be technology opportunities there and there'd be culture opportunities and there'd be this kind of stuff and, and it'd be great for tourism. That might be what's going on here. You've got fucking rich aliens coming for a fucking tour. And we're seeing this as, oh, my God, they're gods and this, that, and the other. And they're just fucking someone spent fucking 8,000 zogs to come and fucking to go around the earth. <laughs> you know, we go to – it's, it's, it's not inconceivable. Yeah. And you go, oh, don't talk daft. Fuck me, I went to a zoo on Sunday, Exmouth Zoo. I went there, and there's fucking wolves, that enclosure – that's their world. They've got no idea what's outside of that. We've got no idea what's outside of thing. So I went to Exmoor Zoo to look through a window and see fucking two wolves walking and eating a fucking dead rabbit that was thrown to them. Nobody knows. And I think that that's the, the, the thing is you're speculating as a human. You're speculating as a human fucking being. A human being is 49 years old in 2022. Try speculating as a fucking alien with a completely different physiology and a completely different culture, a completely different rule set, a completely different, um, you know, aging process and a completely different transport system and a completely different world of universe view. No fucking idea. You know, uh, you didn't see me sat there going, I'll tell you what, I really like the way that they fucking walk in packs, the two fucking thingies. All I did is cursory look at a fucking wolf and go, that's good. There's a picture of yourself and a wolf. Yeah. Yet, you know, do you know what I mean? And so I, don't, I just think that we've got to be really fucking honest about this that nobody fucking knows it's very it's very true you know like especially when you consider that the they may have absolutely nothing in common with humans like you can't look at it people often talk about like the the, these entities or non-human you know beings or whatever are like um all about love and light or that they're evil you know but that might just be based on a human concept of good and evil maybe that doesn't exist for other entities that are out there so so we go back to it again which is you know a wolf eating a fucking rabbit. Is that wolf evil? And this is the other thing. This is the fucking dark thing about this. Is I'm a vegetarian. My wife's a vegan. How do you know, by the way, if you've got a vegetarian or a vegan on the podcast, don't worry, they'll tell you. Right? But, you know, <laughs> but, but you, know, you look at some of the terrible things that we do to animals. Why? Because we're entitled, you know, and, and, and some people think they're evil, but the vast majority of people, 90% of the fucking world, just eat the Kentucky Fried Chicken and don't worry about the fact that it's been boiled alive or whatever the fuck they do. I don't know, right? Just make it up. Right? But, so, 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 you know, are we evil or are we just eating and surviving? And that's the thing. So why the fuck, if something's above us, 
why did they deselect us to to not be used as, as as something again? And maybe they're surviving that if they don't do whatever they're fucking doing, that they don't survive. You know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be um, surprised if we are getting fucking farmed for emotions or, or whatever. That that and actually, it's in their interest to start creating fucking mayhem and so forth. Or maybe just humans are twats. Who knows? But you know. All bets are off. Nobody fucking knows. And we're putting human values and human comprehension on alien concepts. And it's just impossible. In the same way that you don't see me having fucking uh, tea with tea with you know with a fucking with a golfer. It, it, yeah, it's mate, it's this is the fucking thing. We're an hour in or whatever it is, and we still know fucking further forward. And that <laughs> is uh, you know, it's been wonderfully entertaining, but this is you know, this this is my second ever UFO podcast, and I'm actually from my perspective, I'm actually open to this. I think I might even start moving into this world genuinely um as this thing starts unfolding. Because I think and I said someone to someone the other day, you know, in the UK, you know, Nick Pulp, this guy in my view has not been relevant since nineteen ninety-six, and he's our best in you know, fucking person who understands the scene, and all he does I'm not being rude here, but he just regurgitates what fucking three three steps down. I'm seeing nothing from the guy that's pushing this thing forward. You know, no lobbying of the UK government, no kind of that. So, so you know, all these they're doing is going from one show to another show, which is lovely, but he's not moving it forward. What you're doing here is moving this thing forward and allowing it to get to a wider audience. Speaking to someone like me, who's not a UFO fucking nut, overtly, but I'm absolute fucking UFO nut internally, you know, this is what it's about. It's about converting people and actually having sensible fucking conversations. And that's the only way that this thing is going to unravel whatever unravel means. Or maybe it doesn't need to unravel. Maybe I fucking know, mate. And this is the dichotomy that is the UFO scene. Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. And I think the thing is, at the end of the day, it's great to have these conversations, be open to speculating. But it's like we said, kind of going back to what we said about at the beginning, it's important not to put all your eggs in one basket, get all wrapped up and, you know, too heavily invested in something and let it sort of take over your, your day to day. You just got to enjoy life, aren't you, at the end of the day? Spend time yeah. with your kids, have nice food, do all the rest of it. But at the same time, these conversations are, are really yeah. interesting to have. But mentally, yeah. mentally stimulating, beautiful. You know, and it's lovely because I think now more than ever before is, and this is goes back onto the technology where I said, hey, the technology is, is probably allowing it coming together. The reason that we're at this point is because of something called online and Twitter. So, you know, that we have connected that we would never have connected. I would have seen you in the street and walked past you because I didn't know you. But what I think that's where the, where, where the challenge is for the governments, whereas before they could control the media, they're not controlling the, the well, they, they're doing the best, but they're not controlling us and the, these conversations. And I think that that is why and how this thing is going to kind of get out there. But once again, if you're the government going, oh, for fuck's sakes, it's a bit like, I can say, a kid putting a fucking hand in a fucking fan. We know it is trouble big time. And we're trying to protect them from this and these guys are pushing, what the fuck? If they, because Tom DeLong said or something, or I think it was, Tom, it was Tom, he said, I think we'll be pleasantly surprised when we find out that actually the people have been doing this stuff. That, and, and I don't know if you caught that one. That was an interesting one. I didn't understand the relevance of that New York thing, that power cut 20 years ago. Did you see that? No, I don't think I caught that. About 20 years ago or, or 2004, there was a fucking power cut in New York where everything got fucking, everyone was walking on the bridges and out and what have you. And Tom DeLong said in a tweet on a news fucking piece, something like paraphrasing, um, you know, fucking uh, the fight back begun. And then somewhere along the way, if you go and Google it, you might be able to find it, about a power cut in New York and Tom DeLong. And basically he was inferring that they'd fucking managed the USG to go, right, we've got an EMP machine that can fucking knock these out of the sky. And we fucking did it to prove a fucking point. And that's what a lot of the stuff that the, the USG and, and uh, preparing for this sort of stuff. So you're looking at harp and you go, oh, what's that? Yeah, yeah. And actually they're there preparing for repelling the fucking, you see what I'm saying? Wheels within wheels. Now I don't know how much fucking truth in that. But <laughs> once again, if you accept that things are doing fucking 14,000 miles an hour, then maybe just maybe, you know, you know, you don't shoot 14,000 miles an hour thingies with conventional weapons. Pfft, fucking heavy, mate. <laughs> 
Yeah, def- definitely heavy. But like you say, very important to, to keep everything on the table, but also to kind of, you know... Yeah. Uh, enjoy your accept, life. Yeah, yeah, enjoy your life and, and only accept things as, as facts once we've got, you know, verifiable proof. But are we going to get that from the government? I like your analogy earlier on of you don't necessarily tell your kids, look, there's no Santa Claus. You let them figure that out for themselves. And I think that was a, that's a, mm. yeah, a really good thing to think about. So um, that's basically all we've got time, mate, for today's show. Hey, so. Yeah. But I just want to say thanks a lot for coming on, mate. You're you're obviously a really inspirational guy. You know, I, I really enjoyed uh, looking into your story a little bit um, in preparation for the show. And thanks for sharing all your thoughts on it all. It's it's very much appreciated. Well, maybe we could do it again one time. Thank you so much, Frank. Yeah, definitely, mate. Anytime, it'd be a pleasure. And I, and I'll leave um, all the links to to Brad's social media in the episode description as well, so that folks can can find you. And thanks again, mate. Uh, have a great rest of the day. Cheers, friend. UFO Thinker Podcast.